I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by BetMGM. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, uh, is Nick Martin. Uh, and Nick, this is uh, our game two previews for round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I will look at all eight games. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this at midnight Eastern. So uh, Winnipeg and Vegas is going to go final pretty soon, it looks like. Uh, Colorado and Seattle are still playing, but we will do our best to kind of navigate uh, those little wrinkles. But we do have a pretty good idea of what the betting market will look like for those games anyways. Uh, but we will start on Wednesday night with the game two with the between the Carolina Hurricanes and New York Islanders. Carolina won game one, two, one, two power play goals for the Hurricanes. Uh, was the difference? This line looks just about where it was uh, for game one. Carolina's minus 175 at home. Islanders plus 150 over under five and a half. It could get to five. I, I'm expecting it to with the way the Thunder's been juiced, but bookmakers are just so careful about these fives in the NHL now. But if there ever was one, this would be it. I, I think of the eight first game uh, game ones that we've seen, Islanders-Hurricanes probably went to script more than any of the other ones, right? Like everyone knew what 100%. these two teams. Yeah, everyone Every, knew what these two... <laughs> I had my best betting game because I think all the logical angles, you know, they hit so there you can just trust these teams um and it's it feels like no matter how long this series goes that's just going to continue like these two teams are just going to step back out to the ice and they're just going to be themselves and uh the islanders didn't get the the i thought they were all right slow start obviously giving up power play goal in the first five minutes will throw you off a little bit uh but they started to kind of hold their own from the middle of the first period on both teams had some chances goaltending was good uh for both sides despite a soft goal by ronta uh carolina's just not a team that you want to i don't think you want to lay this kind of juice with so i think it's still islanders or nothing if you're looking at the money line uh but are you just going to go back to this under i am not i thought i think it's just a little too juiced it's close i'd i'd probably play it first maybe keep an eye on burns the Sorokin saves, it felt probably like an angle I could go back to. It was also kind of funny that saves coming off the board was outrageous. I looked the next day to double check that the one alt saves play I had posted was going to stand. And they had removed two more overnight. So it held on by half a shot. So I don't know exactly where it's all coming. I If they're not shots, I can live with it. But I think my issue, my beef is that they never add any. But yeah, I thought 
money line looks sharp. Carolina, you know, it, it, I think it kind of just seemed like what everyone thought. You know, they were the better team by a bit, but it was a really close game. I thought, you know, obviously Rantelet's in the one really soft one, maybe a, a little more in the way of that. The next game, if the Islanders can be a touch better and not give up the shorties, that could be enough to hang in there. So, yeah, I think that's kind of just a long way of saying that minus 170 looks pretty fair to me. Panthers and Bruins. I didn't look like the Bruins got into uh, second gear in that Panthers game. They still were able to win. Uh, Florida's plus 205 for game two. Boston minus 245 over under six and a half. Patrice Bergeron did not play in game one. Bodes well for our Conn Smythe futures. <laughs> Especially when Pasta scores uh, and Albuquerque is a star. Unbelievable. Not great. Not a great uh, so far. The Cats, though, I, uh, I mean, it would be Cats or nothing. The Islanders, uh, it, the Islanders and Panthers, as it stands now, should these st- scores hold uh, for for the games that haven't gone final tonight, the Islanders and Panthers would be the only two underdogs that lost uh, game one. The only two road teams that lost. Uh, but we'll see if, if that changes with how things shake up the rest of the night. Barda didn't do anything here that made me concerned that we weren't already kind of into uh, like we we saw their concerns coming like Alex Lyon I thought he was good enough like I he had actually some good saves and and I would say yeah he made some good saves but two of the goals were trash right uh, it, it was and it, it was weird because so I I looked analytically they were supposed to score three that's what he gave up and that's what seemed about fair I yeah. thought Exactly. Whether like ultimate, and then the other thing, the one two on one that everyone was raving about, the Frederick two on one, Frederick just shoved it right back along the ice, right into him. So it was one of those ones that looked sweet, but I actually think almost any NHL. It looked it looked, looked unconventional. Safe. So I think people loved. Yeah, that and it was angle. a full blown two on one. But yeah. um, I I thought it was really interesting because that seemed like I think you can almost take it as a positive game for florida and a negative because that was their game with the flu supposedly going around and bergeron uh out of the lineup and they had the chances like i actually i think if you traded goalies even though lion was probably fine i still think florida would have won the game but they they obviously don't they don't have that and for me it's like it's a positive and a negative because they played with them but they still lost and they probably not be able to carry any more of the play than they did in that matchup so I don't really know how you take it if you're a Panthers guy. It kind of just seemed like the Bruins are, are doing what they do. There were some stretches that were really, really encouraging. The Kachuk line was unreal. There were some shifts where they were just creating havoc around the net, and I thought they really, really stood out, which is kind of an interesting take, I think, um, in terms of kind of like a player perspective where we always hear people kind of write off a player based off one playoff performance where it's like Kachuk was horrible last year, and I know he kind of had a broken hand or whatever and then people say like oh he's not a playoff player he hasn't brought it up before and i think we hear this a lot of years when realistically there's players who get going some years and they don't get going other years and they get going in some series and they don't get going in others because i couldn't i thought kachuk was really really good like probably the best player on the ice and so that that was one thing that was interesting for me it would yeah it would be cats or nothing but we'll see where this one goes when the bergeron news comes in uh because he will move the line a little bit at least a little bit. Minnesota and Dallas. Uh, the Wild end up winning that game in double overtime. Things got out of hand. I expected to get out of hand. 
once again, or at least that's that'll be the narrative here. Uh, the Wilder plus one thirty, Dallas minus one fifty, over unders five and a half. One thing that's I I like Dallas's chance Dallas's chances in the series overall, and one thing that's sticking out to me is maybe in in like a one game sample, Minnesota's always going to be a tough team to beat. They got goaltending. They play you hard. They play structured. Uh, we, we are definitely concerned about their center depth. But when you get that kind of buy-in from you know your, your, all 18 skaters and your goaltender, your floor immediately gets raised. And this is a little bit it, – it, the line has moved a little bit towards Dallas from game one. Not that much. Uh, I thought the Stars were almost worth a shot as a minus 140 favorite. I don't know. I'm wondering if I just am not giving Minnesota enough credit, just generally speaking, because uh, I just don't think that they're all that talented. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's, I think that's still a fair take after the game. They hung around, but like, Gustafsson was unreal, yep. and the Stars had their looks, and they didn't go in the net. So, I think it was just a good take on kind of the variance of playoffs, where, you know, they get the win and they they scrapped it out. But I mean. They had a little less of the overall play. And I think we kind of knew that's how this series was going to go. And yeah, I agree with you. I, I thought Dallas showed enough where I'm willing to take a shot on them here. I locked it in early. I think it's probably still playable at minus 150. It's one of those ones, maybe on a true odds perspective, I might not be sitting here saying it's like an amazing price, but I'm just having a hard, hard time seeing them dropping it, which which happens, but... You know, maybe something yeah. like when we get into the the Jets game later, I could see the Jets winning both. I don't know. Yeah. I thought this one Dallas showed enough that I don't think it's just being like, oh, they have to win the second one at home kind of thing. I think it's more that like we're backing that because of what we saw. And then yeah, if you know if Nini center depth takes if Hartman can't play very well, he really scrapped it out there. Uh, you know. So, anyways, I, I think there's probably enough there to back Dallas. And then the other look I'll have. Hopefully it won't move because I think in regulation he actually barely went over Gustafsson saves. I think that could be a really good one because I think Dallas will be carrying more of the play, a little hungry, a little, you know, just trying to really push it, get some pucks yeah. on him. And there should and be I, some power plays you'd expect. It's going to be yes. difficult. Yeah, that was, that got a little ugly there. Um, yeah. So I, I think those are my two ones I got my eye on. I think the stars are still a really yeah. reasonable play and Gustafsson to go over 30.5 saves. Yeah, I don't hate a look on the stars to win the series too. Uh, it's just it, the wild man. They just are continue to drive me nuts. Uh, staying in that kind of strategy with it, backing a team that went down one nothing. I said this before game one with Kings and Oilers. I'll stick to it here. Uh, Edmonton loses after <laughs> carrying a three one lead with ten minutes left into the third. Uh, give up a goal with less than twenty seconds left. In regulation, Kings get to overtime, uh, get a power play, and win it. It's unfair to call it a smash and grab, I think, uh, for Los Angeles, because they did what they needed to do in this game, which was just keep Edmonton in touching distance and just take your chances. And that's all when you're in, in that spot, you're a big underdog, you're missing your best forward, your best or your you know, your best forward, but your best pure offensive kind of force in Kevin Fiala. Like you all, all you're asking out of an underdog at those prices is just keep the keep the game reasonable, 
give yourself a an honest chance at the end. They did that. They ticked all the boxes. Uh, and and they're coming back at plus one eighty five for game two. Oilers minus two fifteen over under six and a half. Connor McDavid. You know we talked before that game. How many points would Leon Drysaitel have to get for McDavid not to win the Conn Smythe? Uh, McDavid throws up what a goose egg, and then Drysaitel carries carries the show without him. Pretty funny. Uh, Only one game. Yeah, I know it was just hilarious though. Yeah, I know it was pretty clear too. I I think that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people. And that's relative because we're talking about betting on hockey. There's not all that many people out there who do it. There's more in the playoffs who are going to see Connor McDavid zero points in game one and just take as many, you know, Connor McDavid over props as they can for game two, uh, play the law of averages. And, and honestly, I don't think it's a terrible idea. Uh, I'll probably, I think shots, they're not moving in enough. I'll probably just keep going back to that. We'll see. I, and I, I like Edmonton to win series. You're right. Now. Yeah, I know. I agree. And I think I'd rather play that than, uh, than the tomorrow's line. price. Yeah. 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 Because that's, I mean, I don't love them to win the series. It's going to be tough, but they played pretty good. We talked about it before, though. I think the number one thing that I, you know, if I could just summarize my thoughts on it all were that nobody's respecting the Kings. I can't remember who it was. I heard on uh, Sportsnet today that I was listening to said that the Kings are just happy to be there. And I was like, in what world are the Kings just happy to be there? They're happy to be there last year. Yeah, this is a legitimate team that made deadline moves to be a contender. Like, I think a couple more wins. And we talked about, I think they're better than Vegas, which is why I was pissed this was the matchup. So we'll see. It's one of those ones where, like, I kind of like it, but I kind of still think it's just, like, the prices aren't maybe there just because the Kings are good. So yeah. it's tough. It'll be sad when one of these teams goes home. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to play uh some Oilers futures series you know maybe cup even if they go down to nothing I think that's maybe when I'll get in on a cup future or something or McDavid con Smythe because you just knew it wasn't going to be a smooth ride for them right like we said that from the top there's going to be a point where you're going to be able to get a better number across the board on the Oilers and they'll face some adversity maybe it's going to come a little sooner than we think speaking of adversity uh, the New Jersey Devils uh you know, they looked like a team that was just happy to be at the playoffs <laughs> in the first oh. 20 minutes of that game against the Rangers. Uh, the Devils lose. They get basically got their lunch handed to them. Uh, 5-1 loss. I think the score was fair. Uh, this wasn't just your, your typical Rangers playoff win where the other team controls a play. The Rangers score on the power play. They did. Of course they did. But uh, this was a full credit win for the Blue Shirts. Uh, they'll be plus 110. Uh Right now, they're plus 110 on the road. Devils minus 130 over under five and a half. It's about where it closed for game one. What's uh, yeah? What's concerning here is the Devils just didn't, they looked completely disconnected. They looked like they're, they were a team coming off of a, like a five-week break. Don't think they'll, I mean, this has to be their worst game of the, the series or else the series is over. Uh, you can't play worse than that and give a spot the Rangers a two nothing lead when you have home ice. Um I think that you know the, the Devils you you trust their eighty two games over the regular season shows that they should bounce back and be better and trend up in the series. I think there's some lineup things the Devils can do to maybe get a spark, whether it's switching Timo Meyer and Andre Pilat, uh you know, putting Pilat on the third line and putting Meyer on the first line or putting Jack uh Luke Hughes in for uh, Kevin Ball, but the Rangers did 
what they they had a clear game plan and they executed it. The game plan was you know, defend between the dots in their own zone, gum it up, block shots, take advantage of any opportunity they were given, and they were. Uh, and it was executed almost to perfection. Good goaltending as well, obviously. So, yeah, that's the other one because it really like that's the thing. It'll be interesting to see how game two goes because New Jersey was just so clearly not on their game in the first. And obviously, you got to give credit to New York for like making life tough. But it almost felt like it was a little bit more beating themselves as well, where there's just a lot of plays that could have been made not getting made, which is where I'm really interested to see how the next game goes. But yeah, you touched on the good goaltending. Probably the last thing they wanted to see was that Shesterkin performance because it looked pretty damn sharp. Yeah, and if you remember last playoffs, he took three games before he got to that point. So, well, he had that one ridiculous game. Game one was like a 70 save triple overtime. Then he was struggled for a couple of games uh, and then refound his form. Yeah, the goaltending disparity in the series. We knew it was going, you know, tick, that box was ticked by the Rangers, but it looked pretty wide. Banachek, backbreaker on that that third one. Uh, Jets and Knights now. Uh, I think Winnipeg ended up being a very trendy underdog uh, for good reason. Well, it's showing it at least a five one win for the Jets in Vegas. The this is one where it's I'm really interested to see where this line goes because it's going to be two two kind of opposite forces at work. The Jets were a trendy underdog; they came through, but also I think a lot of people are we we kind of alluded to it uh, during Stars and Wild. A lot of people will bet into that narrative that it's really hard to get your wrap mind around this road team stealing two. Uh, for sure, but I think the big difference but, is the way the games went. Yeah, Winnipeg looked good. I thought they it, had they were controlling so well, and we've talked you know a lot down the stretch and really didn't get paid off on the fact that Vegas has looked pretty suspect defensively, and that take got paid off pretty well in game one because I thought there was even a lot of like there's a lot of passes in the slot from behind the net that didn't end up in. Dubois looked unreal. Connor looked really dangerous. I thought you know. Nothing good really on the night side of things. So I'm actually hoping that the money pours in on uh, Vegas and that we can back Winnipeg again. Because I'm like, if they're going to be plus 145 again, I'm not passing on that. It's going to be a yeah. close game again. They got a better goalie. Like, I don't think Vegas is going to be able to flip the switch and like control far more of the play. So, yeah, that's one I'm going to have my eye on. It kind of reminds me, I could see it going this way. If you remember, I think me and you have talked about this because this was just like Christmas, the year that, um, the Knights swept the Kings. Yeah. Every game of that sweet series. Did the money come in on Los Angeles? Just, yeah, yeah. Nobody. And it was just like, well, the Knights the just seem like they're controlling the play and have them figured out. And it was just like one after the other. Yep. And I think there's some people who wore like the reverse sweep and then some who kind of were on it from the start and just kept backing Vegas. Yeah. And I'll never forget game three, just watching that line shoot towards Los Angeles because like, this is a must-win game. There's no way that this team could go down 3 nothing to an expansion team. and Yeah, they could. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be with you. I think the Jets remain uh, an intriguing team. And with the way things are shaping up in the West, I mean, it's so early. So maybe that's a foolish thing to say. Uh, but the Kings get a win. The Jets get a win. Seattle's up 3-1 on Colorado. Minnesota gets the win. For like the first 60 games of the season, what did we say about the Western Conference? It's it's a long shot, happy hunting ground because it could end up being wide open. And then I think everybody kind of changed their tune. 
to its Oilers or Avalanche. And early returns are showing maybe it will be a little bit more wide open. And the Jets are the Jets are a type of team where they're they're a team that needs the dust to settle and for them to be the last one standing. They can't be a team that's gonna set the pace. So uh they remain intriguing intriguing to me. We talked about Connor Hellebuck, Cons my thoughts. I don't think that they're gonna be heavily adjusted just off of one game. So if you are like us and you are bullish on the Jets, think about how you want to get invested on this team because it's not it's not unfathomable that this team is around for a few more weeks. Um, all right. We gotta talk Leafs and Lightning now. It's gonna be a little bit tougher to judge where this one will be. This line will end up. The Lightning win the game. I said the Islanders and Hurricanes was the game that was the most on script uh performance of the, the first round. This was probably the one that went completely off the rails more than anything um, even more than uh rangers and devils it's really hard to get anything out of game one for either one of these sides i think i i mean I'll, i should say that i, I think, think the samson, a, samson performance was the right key so the, as you said there's two things to take away i thought tampa bay was legitimately good for the first you know 15 minutes of the game like they looked like the tampa bay lightning that people who believe in the lightning say can flip the squ- switch and come back. Like they look good. Um, I mean, they looked good all game, but those first 15 minutes were actually played. It was hockey. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't crazy stuff going on. And the second thing is like you said, Samsonov, uh, yikes. Shaky. That made me think of some of those caps games I've enjoyed in my life uh, with Samsonov and not in a good way. So I don't want to touch the Leafs again. Tampa Bay's defensive core situation's kind of scary yep and i do think without getting into the refing i thought it was the bunting major was great i thought once the game was a little low to reach it was all fine i thought early on tampa bay got favorable calls and then at that point the power play slipped away so that's all i kind of want to say on that and then the other note i'm really interested to see what toronto does with the defense core because they moved the puck like absolute shit tonight so like you'd think they're going to change a body like Lildrigan in my mind is arguably their best defender. And for me, you're not going to out grind Tampa. You're not going to play, you know, physically better than them, all those sorts of things. And just playing Shen and Hall and all these guys, it seems like you're trying to play their game. And it's like, that's not what you are. Like they didn't possess the puck. They look awful. So, you know, I've been really favorable to the Leafs all year. That game was horrible, and I'm really interested to see if they can bounce back. And I, I mean, they could. Yeah. They beat Tampa five nothing in Game One last year, and it proved uh, meaningless in the end. So, who knows? But I think the number one thing that makes me think it's still maybe Tampa or nothing is I just don't want to trust uh, Sammy bouncing back at all. So yeah, um, that's kind of the fear. So game one closed Leafs minus 155, Tampa Bay plus 135 in the over under six. The reason I bet Tampa was because I thought that the goaltending, the gap in goaltending was big enough when you have guys like Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, uh, it's worth taking a shot no matter the opponent. It ended up working out, but this next one now becomes a, a little more complicated because the Lightning finished the game with Four defensemen standing. Even looked like Sergachev was banged up a little bit on the bench. Chernak and I'm assuming Chernak's a no go at this point. 
uh, we'll Fair. see that guy freaking plays through everything the last couple playoff runs. Yeah, There's a few times where it seems like I, I, it's so funny. Before that, me. right before that hit, I texted because Hedman had just left, and I texted someone that Chernak and and Hedman's always like just they alternate games and playoffs where one of them always leaves, and then last they, year it was they they show those highlight reels of all the Tampa Bay defensemen like blocking shots and limping to the room, yeah, all that shit, and then they'd all play so. Yeah, it, it does. The Hedmid stuff, Hedmid sounds like he, it's like 50-50 from the way Cooper, I mean, Cooper's the best. The guy is just, what a what a lawyer coach he is. Um, of, of the, About the bunting hit, he said, it ticks a lot of boxes, and that's all he'll say about that, which is, he's just, he's just a, an absolute treasure. Uh, I'm assuming Lilligren will play, by the way. I think so. What do you, like? I, it, I think it. Like, how do you watch that and not think that we need another guy who can actually skate and move the puck? Like, they looked awful. This is what I was acting like Tampa Bay's defensive core was. Yeah. So, we'll I was see. actually pretty impressed. I mean, and they with, were obviously they were obviously out of rhythm. That happens. Like, I think uh, it only kind of takes one guy, especially, and this is the thing with the Leafs, they're so fragile. But it only takes one little thing to throw you off. And I think Aston Reese... Like what? Is, what is he doing there? You know, and you got a fourth line guy just throwing it up the middle. Puck ends up in your net to start the game, and just seemed like they couldn't reel it back in. And this is one of the things too. We we've kind of like I've always loved to make the point that I don't think home ice rates that much. That fading home ice can be really good, and that dating back to 2016, it hasn't actually proved to be very useful. And uh, that takes had a really good start this playoffs because it seems like you know some of these games. You come out with a first like Jersey and uh, Toronto did, and then it's just hell that you're playing at home. You get booed right. off the ice in game one of the playoffs or period one of the playoffs. Yeah. Hockey betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, one more point, Leafs and Lightning. We talked about the Lightning Defense Corps, and this the, my tone would change a little bit if Denman and Chernak are out. I left that game pretty impressed with the way that they played. Uh, five on five, at least in the beginning. Radish can move the puck. Don't think yeah, you're asking. Perbix were really good. Perbix, beautiful pass. Yeah, Perbix was really good. Um, so, a couple of things, maybe. I mean, it's. I think maybe because we've been talking about the series for so long, and like the every. Everybody kind of just adapted this whole you know, narrative about what we expect out of these two teams. I don't know if we fully appreciated just how good. Because if you just go man by man on this roster, you still can maybe give the edge to Toronto like when you're going through most of them. But it's like the gaps are still so thin. Um, and when Samsonov is... Right, do that. right. And the- <laughs> there's just, I mean, it was the perfect storm of shit. Like all these leagues were bad. Early on, they're really bad. Yeah, uh, but Samsonov was pretty bad, and, and he knew it. And so you and you were talking about so the Wild and Stars game, and and then the Knights and Jets game. The one of the reasons I think that you would trust that Dallas just as not capitulate here, and they should have a bounce back, is because you trust Jake Ottinger as a goaltender, and then you look at the other two that we just talked about, Vegas and now Toronto. Uh, it's going to be a pressure cooker on Tuesday or Thursday night in Toronto, an absolute pressure cooker. And do you trust Samsonov in, in that environment? Similarly, do you trust Laurent Brossois in that environment for Vegas? A lot more questionable than uh, I think we can say about Jake Ottinger. Lastly, abs and Kraken uh, right now, as we speak, the Kraken are up three, one it's late in the third on under six minutes to go. And they played really well. They're getting great goaltending from Philip Grubauer. This is a line that I think will look very different from what we saw for game one. Or not very different, but I think Colorado's going to take money in if they lose. Uh, it, it closed minus 215 for Colorado game one. Seattle plus 185 over under six. I think Colorado will maybe close more expensive than that because people just won't be able to wrap their head around the fact that Seattle can go into ball arena, take two from the defending champs who were a big favorite coming into the series. And there might be some value betting against that. Yeah, I think so. I'm having a you know, bit of a frustrating one here because I, you know, was kind of almost adamant that the Kraken were live in this game. And I thought the over was a really good bet. And in specific, because I thought they were underrating the chances that cra- the Seattle would contribute to that total well we've been shocked because Grubauer has actually been really yeah. sharp which no one saw coming I thought that the Kraken were live because of how they can score but I thought it would be a 
fight and that they'd probably still need four every time. They're playing so well right now that if they're going to get goaltending, uh, I don't know. I I mean, you'd think they have still find a way, but they're live. They're and and their win by committee approach is working today because there's like nine yeah. forwards that have had really good games. I didn't know how that would work when you start seeing the Avs stars a little more, but they yeah, they they weathered a storm in the second, the the Kraken, and as soon as they got out of that, I was like, okay, uh, they're not going down easily. So, yeah, good for them. All right, uh, that wraps up our game two previews think the consensus if if we were to give out our favorite bets would probably end up being winnipeg again uh on i think winnipeg and dallas dallas winnipeg if you want to throw an anytime goal scorer out there who you got connor mcdavid four goals (laughs) just love averages no i'm just kidding (laughs) uh i know you're talking about kachuk i think uh, he's interesting as a, that line is an option, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to do with that line would be an, a good option, I think. Um, and for 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 the Islanders, I think Bo Horvat is going to end up Bo being worth a shot too. That so. scares me though, because you got to oh get, yeah, because you, you got to score the who's going to score the only goal of the game. That's what you're betting. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be same game parlay. But I mean, you do get better prices when it's yeah. so likely to be a low scoring game too. So there is that factor. All right. So go Jets, go Isles. Um, We'll see you guys again after these games and uh, get you prepped for game threes. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Lee Buff. We will see you in a couple of days. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.